0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: We're the fans who want to keep pounding. We're
0: the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this, this 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 is views from Main stream.
1: Now. Here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, the Views from Ministry podcast r- rolls on. Wherever major podcasts are found on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Apple iTunes, or for free on the Odyssey app. Make sure that you are subscribed to and download every episode of the Views from Street podcast. Of course, the next episode will drop on Friday, and on Friday we will do our weekend breakdown on Friday. We will give you all our thoughts on that game versus Cincinnati this Sunday. It's importance, it's value, et cetera, et cetera. And for those of you that have been listening every single week, we sincerely appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. a um, Couple of little things that I wanted to get into, and, and I am going to start with this Lonzo uh, to the, Carolina fans that have been banging on, on the interwebs about DJ shouldn't have gotten flagged that the, you know, we got job that the penalty shouldn't have been called, et cetera, et cetera. Um, relax. Because while DJ was not on the green, the fact that he was standing on the end zone chalk was always going to get him flagged. And even if he did not get flagged, There were like three to four other Carolina Panthers that when DJ's helmet came off, their helmet came off as well. And they were very much in the end zone. So if they wouldn't have got DJ, they would have gotten one of the other three or four guys who took their helmet off in celebration with DJ. Um, It's kind of one of those things though, where yes, the loss things, yes, the loss hurts, but like we've kind of got to accept it and put it in the back pocket and get our attention focused on Sunday's game against Cincinnati. I don't know why it's bothered me as much as it has, but it has bothered me that there has been so much talk about, we got jobbed, we got robbed. No, nah, a mistake got made, something dumb that shouldn't have happened, happened, and it cost us a football game. Welcome to the National Football League.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I just finished earlier watching Steve Wilkes' press conference. Of course, they asked him about it. And he basically did the Belichick thing and said we're moving on from it. But he said we should have never been in that situation, which, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you he, he pretty much said everything that uh, we've been saying, keep your helmet on. He said it without saying it. He also was asked uh, about Eddie Pinero, and he said, hey, Eddie's more upset than anybody that he didn't make those kicks. And uh, as far as he knew, he's not going anywhere. So –
1: yeah, he got, the, uh, he got the vote of confidence that Eddie Pinero, and I, I I don't think Eddie Pinero is going anyway, or both, A, for the reason that he does have the vaunted vote of confidence in the National Football League, but also because, as I mentioned a couple times, who else are you going to get, right? Like everybody else is claimed right now. There's really nobody to bring in that would be an upgrade there. The dude missed a couple of kicks, one of them from 48, yeah, the second one was much much closer, but obviously at that point he had the 40 yard 48 yarder still locked up in the noggin. Um you know, it's a mistake. You'd like to have a guy that's ice water that you can trust in that situation, but man, every kicker misses a field goal, right? Every kicker misses a field goal. It's going to happen. We got to let that one go. Uh all right. Second thing I wanted to bring up that was kind of minor and then I've got a couple of players that I want to call out specifically and hand the kudos to my name. Uh, second thing I wanted to bring. I don't know if you've seen the clip. But I saw the clip. And I love the clip. When PJ Walker. Dropped an absolute dime. On DJ Moore in the end zone. A throw which by the way. Patrick Mahomes himself tweeted out. Was the throw of the year. Um, the first guy. That ran out onto the field. The first guy that grabbed P.J. Walker to celebrate with him was Baker Mayfield. Was Baker Mayfield who grabbed P.J. and kissed him on the top of his helmet, gave him the old helmet pat, a big old million-dollar smile across his face. Uh, I liked that. I liked seeing Baker being the first guy to get out there to P.J. and be the first guy to celebrate with P.J. after the TD from the bench, though, for two reasons. Number one, it shows that Baker has not, as some folks speculated, that he might retreated into his hard candy shell in order to separate himself because he's all up in his fee fees about the fact that he got benched in his riding pine behind pj it showed that he is invested in the game that he wants success that he wants pj to succeed you know a lot of guys are going to give you the speech when they get benched of oh you know i got to do whatever's best for the team i'm going to do whatever is best for my teammate i'm going to do whatever's best for the program yada 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 and then as soon as you go to the sideline you see them kind of cross-arm leaned out on a gatorade cooler not mentioning any one particular arizona cardinal by name for no reason um on the flip side Baker looked like he was genuinely invested. He was genuinely there. He genuinely wanted to be a part of that moment. And if we go back to the question I asked on last week pod, which is, or I should say on Monday's pod, if PJ could have the resurgence he had against Tampa Bay and have the resurgence he he had against Atlanta, a resurgence, by the way, that has earned him yet another starting nod against Cincinnati this weekend. Is there any chance that under the post-Matt rule regime change maybe Baker could do the same and get back to the to, to being the Baker we traded for out of Cleveland the fact Lonzo that he was so overly aggressive to get to PJ to celebrate with him led me to believe that there's still some fire in Baker Mayfield and there's a part of me that's curious as to what he would look like if he ends up on the
0: field Oh, I'm definitely curious about that, too. And uh, Steve Wilkes was asked about Baker in his press conference, and he talked about how proud he was about about Baker doing what you talked about and the fact that um, he wants to be out on the field, but he embraces any role that he's given with the kind of fire that you were talking about. He's running a scout team. And anytime they show Baker Mayfield on the sidelines, he's out there with an old-fashioned pen and some paper, and he's writing stuff down. I don't know. He could be doodling and, and drawing pictures. I don't think so. I think he's actually writing stuff down, trying to learn, trying to help PJ do the best he can. Um, the one thing I don't see is I, I don't see PJ getting benched. I think Wilkes is going to stick with him for a while. I kind of hope I'm I you know, if he gets benched, that means he's doing bad. So if he doesn't get benched, that means he did well the rest of the season, and we won't know about Baker. Um P.J. had a really uh, – not a really bad start, but a bad start. I mean, that interception he threw, that was – of course, you are trying to take blame off of him, but he threw it right to the, the defensive guy who just jumped up in the air. That was an amazing play by the defensive guy. But still, um, if you were going to pull him, you could have pulled him early on in that first half. I think you'd have to do something really, really awful, like throw four picks in a quarter or something like that to get pulled.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any desire to pull P.J. Walker, right? Like, P.J. Walker had you in the game against the Rams. He won you the game against Tampa Bay. He damn near won you the game against Atlanta. It's the right move to stay with P.J. Walker. I've said that before everybody else that's sticking with P.J. is the right move in this scenario. Like I said, there's just...
0: There's don't don't don't, don't hit the microphone while you're patting yourself on the back. I'm just saying.
1: When I'm right, I'm right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, there is a uh, there's a part of me that is just curious, right? Like it, because what I what I don't want to do, what I don't want to do, Lonzo, is be in a situation where we uh, lose a close game to LA beat Tampa, lose a close game to Atlanta, lose a close game to Cincinnati. You know, like we, we win five or six games, which cost us a top four or five draft pick. But we don't win enough games to be in contention for an eight or nine win division when we might could be. Only then to, let's say, with like three weeks left in the season, make the switch to Baker due to injury or performance. And that Baker come out and just tear it up the last three weeks of the game uh, season and wonder what happened, like what might've been right. So there's a part of me that's just curious to see what Baker Mayfield would bring to the field. Now that Matt rule is gone, considering the growth we've seen out of PJ Walker, would we see the same thing out of Baker? A couple of other things I wanted to get into And, 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 you know, Lonzo and I both got a thing for offensive linemen, right? We, we both think that the boys in the trenches deserve more love than they get from anybody, anywhere, anytime. And I think we've got to talk about Iki Aquano here since week two. Remember, he got lit up in week one back against Cleveland against arguably one of the best pass rushes in the National Football League. And we talked about growing pains. And will Icky be able to crawl out of that hole? How about this since week two, Lonzo? 210 pass-blocking snaps for Icky Aquanwu. How many sacks has he surrendered so far, Lonzo? Seto, not a one. Icky Aquanwu has had the best pass blocking grade of any tackle in the national football league over the past six weeks my dude i am sorry for any doubt i may have cast upon thee back in the beginning of the season i apologize for anything i may have said that led you to believe you weren't going to be the star you have blossomed into uh i said earlier in the week we have quietly built ourselves one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League and while there are some vets on that line Lonzo Ikiakuanu has been the anchor 210 pass blocking snaps not a sack allowed dude is in fuego right now
0: it's not a flashy position it's not a it is not a receiver it's not a running back it's not it's not something like that and it's a shame because as well as he's playing, he should be uh, in line to get rookie of the year. But, you know, that's never going to happen with an offensive lineman. And it's a shame with how well he's playing. I think he would be in the conversation. If there ever were to be a lineman in that conversation, I think he's right there this year.
1: I'll tell you right now, Icky is working on a nomination to the Pro Bowl as a uh, as a, as a freshman, as a rook, right? Like, he's working on that nomination, Uh, Without a doubt, I've always compared uh, offensive linemen to like roadies for your favorite rock and roll band, right? Like we we all go to concerts. We love a good rock band. And there's that moment of excitement when the lights go out and the lasers and the smoke start up and then the curtain drops and the guitarist hits that first. And everybody's going crazy and the hands are up and everybody's ready to rock and roll and party. And then if you look at a concert venue, Uh, down to the sides of the stage and, and, and at a table that's out in the middle of the crowd, there's like 15, 20 dudes though, that are sitting on the side of the stage and they are, you know, cranking with, with wrenches and gears and whatever. And they're doing all this stuff. The rock stars get all the credit. Their names go on the marquee. Their faces go on the poster. Uh, they get the tour bus. Not a single guitarist would be known, though, if it wasn't for roadies and techs and sound engineers, a.k.a. the offensive linemen of rock and roll. Uh, Icky has been an incredible roadie for P.J. Walker the past couple of weeks and an incredible roadie for the Panthers as a whole over the past six weeks. And dude deserves his moment in the sun.
0: All right, so I hate to fight with you over analogies, but I've got to in this case. Linemen are drummers. They're not They're, they're not the roadies. They're not – I mean, you take the drummer away, what do you get? You get an acoustic set. How exciting is that? Yeah, it's fun to listen to, but it's not exciting. You throw that drummer in there, that drummer is carrying everything. So I, I just got to – I believe that you're wrong. I believe offensive linemen are drummers.
1: The only thing we've disagreed on is what fake position in our fake rock band, the offensive linemen, we can live with that. One more guy I wanted to shout out. How about once again? Like, I kind of – I'm looking for other guys to give love to. I'm looking for other guys to talk about. I'm looking for other guys to slap helmet stickers on for. But these guys have been stars. J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. Gave up one catch for negative one yards. The kid's a stud, Lonzo. The kid's an absolute stud. He's an absolute star. We have been talking about looking for the guys that are going to be the foundation moving forward on defense. We can talk Brian Burns and should. The guy's very good. But whatever discussion you're having about Brian Burns, J.C. Horn better be the next name out your mouth.
0: Yeah, I I think you got to think of him as a rookie, don't you? Because he went out after a couple games in the first season, and he's been injured all that time, and he's just now back. I consider him a rookie doing what he's doing. Think if he stays healthy how good he's going to be five years from now. You're going to forget the names of Revis and and his island and some guys like that. I'm not putting him on prime level yet, but uh, he's pretty good for a guy who's only – Hasn't even played a full season yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been dinged up this season too, right? Like, you nailed it. Keep the kid healthy. But, man, when he's healthy, he is an absolute star, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Next episode drops on Friday. You got any final words for the people before we call it a day, Lonzo?
0: uh, You know, I'm excited. I'm optimistic. And uh, bright things are ahead. And we're going to beat Cincinnati.
1: Keep pounding. All right, we're going to break that game down in its entirety coming up on Friday's pod. Again, if you have not liked and subscribed, the Views from Industry podcast is available on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Apple iTunes, on Google Play, or for free on your digital devices on the Odyssey app. Grab it there, click the little heart icon, and get notifications when we drop a new episode. The next one will drop coming up on. For Friday, my name is Rob Brown. He is the great one, Lonzo Reitzel, and we will see you back here on Friday for the next episode of Views from Midstreet. Keep pounding, baby!